head on over to patreon.com forward slash severe MMA podcast right now to support the podcast and sign up for our premium content and now here's the podcast the pride of limerick the young man named sean sheehan the mma media don graham mcdonald the severe MMA people that are coming to the local shows way before everyone else. To see them coming up and they're getting their shot. And I'm proud that people are coming up with me. Welcome, welcome everybody to episode 199 of the Severe MMA podcast. My name is Sean Sheehan, joined today by the Ethan Hunt of Irish MMA media, Graham McDonald. As we talk about a really, really big jam-packed week of MMA just gone and coming up here. But before we do that, Graham, how are you, Hortings? Yeah, I'm good. Can't complain. There's a bit of sun this week up in Dublin. I'm not sure about Limerick, but uh, it's good to good to see the sun shining again, even if it is windy. Yeah, there was a bit of it here as well. Now it's, it's been a quiet enough week apart from MMA this weekend. Like, but you know, we, I, I was thinking this week, like, there's a bit of a stretch in the evenings coming in there. And I know we talked about a barbecue a while back, but in, like, isn't there nothing better than like sitting out in the sun and having a bit of barbecue? Like, this is the time of year. I feel like when we get into winter, we're kind of ready for it. And, you know, we're, we'd, we have, if there was a bit of snow, we would mind and stuff. But now we're kind of half sick of it. We just want it in and we want the barbecues to start. And we want a bit of crack. We want Hurland to start and football and stuff. And Limerick fucking gone to Kilkenny yesterday without half their All-Ireland winning team and winning by nine points. Seeing things like that. <laughs> first time in 22 years we've beaten Kilkenny in their own backyard. Did it without the hurler of the year. Did it without our captain. Did it without our full back. Oh, and did it without our full forwards. Magnificent! There was no soccer this week, so <laughs> although Man United are playing Chelsea later on, how did Liverpool get on the FA Cup this week? Oh, they yeah, cleverly went out of that uh, <laughs> earlier on the season. <laughs> this is the only thing I have this year, so I'm gonna fucking take it. Take but it in fairness, out. like you know, I'm not one of these people that like you know you get knocked out of the cup and you're like, oh, I didn't want to be in it anyway. You know that like before the cup starts, I'm like, oh my god, this is yeah, bullshit. you are, you yeah, are one of them. I'm, I am one of those people though. Like, if while we're in, I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'd be nice if we won it, but while we're not, I, I if we got if you get to like the semi final or the final, like you, you might as well win it. Like, but like direct, like you've already put in some many errors and so like had games closer together because of it you might as well try and win it then but yeah. playing the youngsters is makes more sense to me and I, I actually area. think that for teams like no offense like but Liverpool and Tottenham and those <laughs> teams like who haven't won something in a while like Man United won but if you're trying, to, if you're trying to challenge ago. for like Champions Leagues and domestic leagues yeah, like, but you, you've won nothing I remember a friend of mine saying to me you but like last year yeah. would, would you like you take the chance of carrying not like you know Liverpool probably were the better team against Real Madrid bar like obviously goalkeeper is a really important position but if you had there's a competent goalkeeper there it probably would have won that game like you know it would have won the Champions League and nobody would have been like oh the FA Cup or the fucking carrier bag cup yeah, but why, can't nobody... you do, why can't you do all of them like because you don't have the squad especially last year Liverpool didn't have the squad they didn't have people like Fabinho and Koida to call off the bench or they didn't have didn't have options like Shaqiri didn't have a decent goalkeeper now Van Dijk is there a year and a half like he's much better okay Joe Gomez is injured but that would have been a huge blow before but now it's like, you know, you have Lovren or Matt have to come in alongside Van Dijk. So it's just it's a different situation. And the squad will probably be better next year as well. Yeah, but With I like Oxley Chamberlain back and stuff like that. Like Yeah, if I'm a team like that though, I'm I wanna win something. Like I, I you know, the fans kinda of wanna win something. And I know you okay, you don't care, but if it's FA Cup final and you win it, it's like it's great, it's gonna be Yeah, but if you're if you if you go to the season like oh, you can get to you can have the FA Cup and the Carling Cup or you can be in the Champions League final and we don't know the result yet. You take the Champions League final every time. We're headed to both of them together. Yeah, but you take all three of them. Like that. No, what, I, no but like if you like, mentality, you know, like no, but if you don't have the squad and you have to concentrate on like you have to concentrate on certain competitions, like I don't know. 
I don't know. Let's concentrate on certain competitions here because we have about fucking 50 competitions of MMA to concentrate on here. We might as well, first of all, anyway, talk about the one freshest in our minds that happened about like three hours ago. It's early here on uh, on the, the 18th of February. Um, UFC on ESPN 1. And all in all, like, it was a very, very odd weekend of MMA. <laughs> all, all told, we get into all those different um, events and especially main events were just insane for, for the whole weekend but francis ingano versus ken velasquez won there's this this main event lasted what what was it let me look 26 seconds there was a few zapruder films going around there was it wasn't sure how this actually ended but it ended with a kind of a low right hook a lot of people call it like an uppercut shovel punch but i think it's kind of it's just like a, a reaction right hook how, way did, yeah. how did you see it well, i think he definitely got dropped and hard and hurt his knee I, I think if the knee hadn't happened he probably would have moved a bit more you know not be caught with the shots but and is so powerful like he just needs to hit you even like clip you with an unorthodox but like Okay, people are like, oh, what punch is this? But, but like, you look at some of his other knockouts and they're not exactly, like, it might be a straight or it might be a hook. It's just kind of like, he's just he's just hitting you when he can. Like, there's obviously technique involved in, and all that, but it's not, like, you know, very orthodox. Mm-hmm. It's not normal, like, when maybe that's, like, catches guys unaware as well because they're not sure what shot is about to come at them. Mm-hmm. Like, But I think this situation, Kane was just trying to get inside and just, mm-hmm. got, just got clipped and j- just how powerful Ngannou is, yeah. is, is is different and... and Okay, he got finished by Junior De Santos. Um, Velasquez did uh, with a big punch as well, but that was like Ryan on the temple. And at the time, uh, Junior De Santos had very good popping his punches. I think he kind of lost a lot of his his pop and uh, since when he took the beatings off of Cain Velasquez in the next fights. But I'd like I think he had, Cain Velasquez hadn't been hit that hard in a long time, and obviously his knee seemed to buckle when his weight when he kind of fell. Like the punch caused the, the knee injury, I think, but maybe you know, uh, injury prone Kane Velasquez and what did he, what did he call AKA the, the American Knee Injury Academy? Yeah. So so maybe like you know some of the training that we see in Kane Velasquez do over the over the years, like people say, oh that's terrible for him. You're gonna hurt your knee. You're gonna hurt your back. Maybe all the, all that stuff played a part. But I think it was the punch dropped him and hurt his knee, and then maybe he would have been able to scramble a little bit better. But I think it was it was pretty much. It's pretty much over once once he once he got dropped. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I, I watched that back about ten times, and it's it's a difficult one to see because there's no for, for me there's no good angle that I've seen yet of the punch actually landing. All the angles are just from kind of the as you're looking inside the cage, obviously from the opposite side of the cage. You need one kind of behind him looking into the cage, you know, from kind of below. And I don't think there was a camera there, so there isn't that perfect angle that we actually need. So all we see is kind of the head pumping back and you know uh francis throwing that little punch inside and it like it doesn't look like watching it you know on on the replay the first few times it it doesn't look like that would be the start of punch that would knock someone out but it's you have to think of things differently like if you know if if darren till or conor mcgregor dimitri well he wasn't knocked out though he just got dropped by it and hurt his knee but it was but i'm saying if any of those lads throw it you're not even thinking about that as like a hurtful knockout blow now we've seen lads hit with little shots like that before and knocked out and when it's it's francis ingano there's no such thing as a little shot he can just he just has ungodly power but to me it looked like you know it looked like 
do you remember the way of TJ uh, Dillashaw fell against Cody Garbrandt? His legs just kind of give out. You know, it's not one of those punches where you get actually like knocked out cold. Because so a few yeah. people were, were your making that comparison. Goes. Yeah, you're late. You just Francis Ngannou in his post-fight interview, you are uh, his post-fight uh, press conference used the perfect word disconnected it was Cain Velasquez was just disconnected from his body for a second you see it in boxing an awful lot more than MMA because of the because of the the uh, the, the the 10 count and the A count on the ground in, in MMA usually when a guy goes down someone jumps on top of him but you see guys trying to stand up and their legs just go from them and you know they mightn't be the most knocked out person in the world but it's just their legs and they, their legs can't work and they're like Bambi that's what happened with Cain Velasquez even for a split second his legs just went and then he crumbled down on top of his knee and kind of twisted it from like for me I don't know how bad the knee actually is I think it might be a little bit of a saving grace to, to actually see the punch landing afterwards because I think it might have saved the knee a little bit so it mightn't be one where he's out for a long time it was kind of a flash knockdown and he got knocked down onto the knee and then like he kind of he realized straight away that he was on his knee and and uh Francis hit him with a few a few digs after that but like in 20 26 seconds you you couldn't really see how the fight was actually going to go but when Francis has that sort of power and Kane is coming in with that sort of reckless uh, reckless disabandonment if you want to to quote Pat Art it maybe it was inevitable that would happen but but it's hard to tell. like do you feel we, you know, we, we talk a lot about games of guys, If no matter how good they are, and Cain Velasquez was the very, very top of the top, no matter how good Years they ago. are, they, yeah, they will they will get overtaken. Do you feel, okay, 26 seconds, and he caught him with kind of a flash shot, but, like, is that is that reckless way of coming in and getting inside something that you can keep doing in today's game, do you think? Well, he was kind of, like, the first kind of in-shape kind of cardio, had a good, good cardio Heavyweight. big heavyweight yeah. big heavyweight like there were some guys who moved up from 205 or were small heavyweights but he kind of had that advantage of being quicker and being able to maintain a higher pressure and for longer than anybody but now there's other guys like that in the division more so than him like he's getting older and a lot of injuries it's hard to maintain that mm-hmm. so yeah I think like you know he's got caught with shots before put down like in the first Fox UFC as well like and he, he came back better than ever after that so like it's not beyond the realms of possibility that he comes back better, but I don't think he'll ever be the the dominant champion that people expected him to be. Yeah, the, like the biggest issue with Ken as well is like, could this be another injury now? You know, even if it's something small, it could put him out for another three or four months. And even the knockdown, I'm sure he's he's gotten yeah. a bit of time out of the octagon now as well with that. Like, or does he even want to fight again? You know, he was talking afterwards about maybe if he can't get back to the, the to the very very top, he he just won't you know continue to fight and. You know, that'd, that'd be sad too. I hope that doesn't happen. I hope Kane comes back. Like, because this can happen against anyone, Francis, really, can it? Like, yeah, especially at heavyweight, it can happen even yeah. a guy nowhere near as as good on the on the feet as, or as dangerous on the feet as Nganu. Mm. You can get hit by any heavyweight. They pack a lot of punches and on the right spot and you're going down. Like. Mm-hmm. So it's just a, there's more, there's less margin for error on the feet at heavyweight than there is in lower divisions. Yeah. And like, the, I suppose looking at from Francis's point of view, you know, we spoke after his last fight, after he got that knockout, that, you know, it was a short fight and we were happy that he was able to come back and throw his hands again after the, you know, the whole Derek Lewis debacle and after the steep loss. And this again, it shows that his confidence is kind of back, like to come out and throw shots yeah. like that. It against still is such a small sample size, but that's kind of the way he's always been. Like, mm-hmm. you know, he's always been knocking guys out quick, like, 
Yeah. So, but it's so not. Like, it's not just the fact that he knocked them out. It's the fact that he true. was brave enough to throw those shots in there yeah. and not be kind of worried about the takedown. Because when you're Francis Ngannou, you know, okay, you you might get taken down. But I don't think it's the takedown he was worried about, though. I think it was taking a big shot that he was worried yeah. about. Uh, How why'd you say that? Yeah, because um, that made him like so afraid. Looking in the in the uh, the Derek Lewis fight, I don't think it was like he got hit a couple of times and he was like, oh shit, like. Maybe I'll get knocked out again like I did in my last fight or I'll get yeah. TKO'd. I don't think it was like, oh, if I get put on my back, I'm fucked. I think it's more, it was more of a getting hit in the face hard thing. <laughs> and Ken Velasquez. He's been knocked out for the first time in his career in his career and in his life, probably. And like some guys come back, no problem. Some guys take a little bit of time to come back. And hopefully, Ganu can come back because it'd be a shame if he was pushed too, too fast and never came back. But it looks like, looks like now that he's able to pull the trigger again. Stipe didn't knock him out, though. I think it went all five rounds. But TKO, he was, there. was it? Was it? Or no, was I think it? it went, no, it went five rounds. Oh. Yeah, every loss in his career has been by decision. Every loss in Cain Velasquez's career has been by knockout. Yeah, so I was... Oh, that's strange. In my memory... Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> I, I, I was actually the same. I was actually 100% there. I was like, oh, he finished him. But no, it was just a drag out and he just kept going and kept beating him. But it was... Just, he got dominated, yeah, was it? just as close. I have to watch to it again. I thought I, I thought I knew what happened in that fight, but obviously yeah. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> that happens to me all the time. Like Rory McDonald. I go back and listen to myself, shy on and whatever episode number that was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bro, no one wants to hear that. But yeah, look, Francis Ngannou afterwards in Colin for DC. DC kind of answering him and and kind of not, not saying he will fight him, but not saying he won't fight him either. And DC came out this week, I believe he was on the MMA or with Luke Thomas and basically, you know, confirmed what I've been saying for a long time that he won't actually retire for his uh, 40th birthday. <laughs> well, obviously. No way, Are you serious? <laughs> yeah, I was shocked. I was an absolute, I was shook after it. But yeah, gotta so, scrap that Daniel Cormier retirement article yeah. you've been making. <laughs> yeah, I'll no, just keep it in drafts for like forty eight years, and then when he on retires and retires again, I can use it again. So that's you know, it's great. I like the Irish or the Irish uh, mainstream journalists. Every time McGregor fights, and they just they just have their their file article that they can put out about MMA and not being a sport and all. It's great. It must be so handy to do that. But uh, yeah, like. Uh, you know, we talked about Kane. Hopefully, he can get back in there quick. And for Kane, I don't think you know the the, aim, the name is is an issue now. Whoever he can get to to come back in there, I think he he's happy enough doing that. I don't think he needs a big name. But for Francis, like, do you think he waits out now? Derek and, Lewis and Kane Velasquez. Yeah, I was, that was the first thing I think. But Derek Lewis is fighting JDS coming up here in two weeks' time, I think. So that's a yeah, that's close enough, isn't it? Yeah, it is. But yeah, it like I suppose win or lose for Derek Lewis, Ken Velasquez is a big name for him, and I don't don't think Derek Lewis is the sort of fellow that's turning down fights either. So maybe yeah. Junior DeSantis would fancy it now after after that. Yeah, maybe yeah, but making it making it trying to make it too off. How many times have them lads actually gonna fight? That'd be that'd be the thing. But yeah, era. Let's have it again. Let's make him the Andre Arlovsky, Tim Sylvia of uh, of the modern era. Let's let's do that. So, uh, uh but anyway, I suppose we can uh, we can move on here. And in the comment event, I suppose, was the, the next biggest fight in the card. But although there was a lot of good, big fights on, on this card, Paul Felder against James Vick. And to me, this this was maybe the, maybe not the best performance of Paul Felder's career, but I think the smartest performance of his career. Do you know when you're fighting a very good, long, hard-hitting guy like James Vick? It's very tough for anyone at any weight class. But I think Felder did it, did it very well. You know, Felder's usually a guy... Well, he used to be a guy, he's actually changed that, we've talked about it on the podcast before, he used to be a guy who comes out and throws his spinning back fists and throws his big shots and tries to win those moments but doesn't win like large portions of the fight. But he, this was a real, real change here and it, it has been coming in fairness to lovely double jabs, throwing the right hook over the top, throwing beautiful, beautiful leg kicks throughout the whole fight. 
and really, you know, broke James Vic down. It was 30. He was patient and mature yeah. in, in the fight. Like he, and he, he, sometimes in the past, you kind of think Felder kind of stagnated or plateaued and he kind of lost the killer instinct a bit. But his last three or four, I think, or three fights, he's, he's looked to have that back. But in this fight, he, he was calm and like wasn't, wasn't over committing and just kind of, it was just a very smart performance against a really long, as you mentioned, and a really tough guy who's, who's was on a real, like, you know, maybe not talked about in the upper echelon of the lightweight division, but he'd beaten a lot of good guys just below that. Like, so he's a very tough opponent. Like you see what he did to Joe Duffy. Um, yeah, it was, I think it probably was the best performance of Felder's career. Yeah, like lightweight as well. I say it so often, but it's so true. Like it, so you, stacked. It's so stacked. Like, and you can get beaten like two or three times in a row, and you can still be a top top fighter. Like, I still think James Vick is a top top fighter. I think he's really really good and still improving and everything like that. But Paul Felder is improving as well, and you know, there's no one standing still in that division. So, like a a great win there for for Paul Felder. Further down the card, in Sintony Calvillo. Uh, was kind of in the death spot, and it, you know this six fight card on a Sunday on ESPN. I I really think they need to rethink this. It's just not happening. Like there was people doing the Mexican wave in the middle of this, uh, in in the middle of this car in the middle of this fight. And it was an uh, it was a good fight. You know, Calvillo got the unanimous decision win over over Courtney Casey and called out Tatiana Suarez after, and that's probably a fight she'll get because many people don't put the name of Tatiana Suarez on their lips. Yeah, I'm surprised she, she called her out because it's probably the first time she's ever been called out. Yeah, <laughs> who'd want to call her out? Like, fuck that. <laughs> like, yeah, unless she has the belt on her, you probably don't want to be calling her out, but yeah, it makes me think that, that she will get it, and, uh, you know, good, another good performance from Cynthia Calvillo. I suppose maybe the... The most outstanding performance of the night was Cron Gracie against Alex Caceres. Just went in there, pushed him against the fence, took him down and, and submitted him with a rear naked choke pretty early. Another pretty terrible performance fault. from Alex Caceres. Yeah, it is all my fault after I gave him a betting tip to one. Like Alex Caceres, uh, you know, I tweeted out and, and um, Zane Simon replied to me. He's like, he should win, but he'll probably find a way to lose. And it's like, yeah, that's exactly what happened. Like you're fighting Cron Gracie. And how do you not just jab him from the outside and throw high kicks and just stay away from him until he comes in with reckless abandon and then you can hit him with big shots over the top? Like, I I really don't. And he can do that. Like, we've seen him do that before. I'm not saying, you know, it's not like there's some scrub gun in here and it's just for Crown Gracie to go in there, take him down. And, and, He's had uh, like 30 fights or something, Yeah. It's like, oh, it's God, it must be so frustrating to be a teammate of his and or a, a coach of his and watch him doing that in a very, very winnable fight for him. But th- to say that, that, that was kind of beforehand. Once you get into it, Cron Gracie actually looked very good. Like, even when he got to that position. Is it Cron uh, or Cron? It's Cron, yeah. Cron, yeah. yeah. When he got to that position, like, he did really well. He wrapped up his leg, got got down, got that body triangle straight away and rear naked choke when it got to the ground. But on the feet, even, he was Well, the body to... triangle, he kind of, he didn't even put it in properly. He was kind of comfortable enough just with his legs crossed, mm-hmm. was he? Yeah, he, well, he, he was for a while while he was moving. I think that's, you know, what the best guys in the world do. They kind of give you enough wiggle room just to move, to put you into the position they want to put you into. And, like, if people don't know, Crown Gracie is the top, top upper echelon of BJJ guys in the world. So when he gets you on the ground, you're fucked. But uh, like I said, speaking from all your uh, BJJ knowledge, yeah, we'll have to. Yeah, I was talking to Andrew McGahan about him there. He's like, oh, he's got to oh, fuck so everyone. Definitely up. not true. <laughs> That's definitely not true. Definitely not true. But even on, what did you think of Crone on the feet? I know, I know there wasn't that much on the feet, maybe forty-five seconds or whatever. But I thought uh, he looked, looked good. He's threw a few big he shots over than, than the last time. He looked horrific. Mm-hmm. So it was slightly better than that, but it's still like didn't see much. But maybe there is more there that he didn't get a chance to show or didn't need to show. 
Yeah, we need more. It's hard to know, but we need more high scratchy jumping sidekicks, don't we? Yeah, <laughs> I'm pulling guard. They are definitely the future. Cron- I, I, everyone's copying me now, but Cron Gracie versus Ryan Hall. That's the fight. I've been saying that fight for a fucking year. That's the fight that needs to happen, isn't it? Yeah, well, we go cracking. Uh, Ryan Hall, well, Ryan Hall fights are always a bit different and a mm-hmm. bit of crack. So, like, uh, I think uh, my very little knowledge in BJJ, it sounds like uh, Cron Gracie is a, is a better grappler, but... It's MMA, so there's there's a few extra things in there, and Ryan Hall can strike a lot better. I think he can throw head kicks. He he's decent on the feet. Like he's not like nowhere near what he is on the ground, obviously, but he's decent. Yeah, one hundred percent. And I, I <laughs> unfortunately probably turn into a kickboxing match, but you never know. I think both guys would be, <laughs> I think both guys would be confident enough in their ground game to maybe take it there. So yeah, I think that fight makes a makes a lot of sense uh the next fight then on the card vicente luque versus brian barbarena in maybe the fight of the year so far an absolute fucking war non-stop <laughs> brian barbarena eating punches like celebrations of christmas just fucking taking everything and coming back and hitting hitting harder vicente luque took a lot as well you know against brian yeah, barbarena it's an old-fashioned old slugfest <laughs> really was all i wanted to see was diego sanchez and we got to finish as well, even though we got like basically all fifteen minutes of slobber knocker as well. Yeah, it's been great recently. Those big slobber knockers, like the uh, the Korean zombie uh, fight against Jair Rodriguez, we got that finish. Just like as Diego well. Sanchez or Lena Garcia esque. Yeah, exactly. A lot of a lot of a lot of punches that you don't really know where they're going to land, or you're not really aiming them anywhere, but you're throwing them as hard as you can. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that that double knee to finish it by Vicente Luque was yeah, just lovely. unbelievable, brilliant finish, but take nothing away from Bam Bam, Brian Barberina, Team Sheehan now after that, it has to be just unbelievable. Like, he's... he's who's your, who's your favourite Bam Bam in MMA history? Uh, Pat Heedy's Nine McGrath's, anyway. Who, who are the other ones? Tui Vasa has another one at me. Uh, I could take it, jeez, that was three Bam Bams there straight away, that's pretty good, but... <laughs> yeah. Actually, I see uh, Ben Folks did like an article about the best MMA nicknames on the card at the weekend, and he he didn't even have Ice Cream Crown Gracie. Like that that has to have one. Ice Cream Crown Gracie is an absolutely it's so ridiculous. Well, yeah. it. It's because he's so cool. Apparently, when he gets to the ground, but there you go. And another great nickname, Andre. Oh, it's because it fits in with Crown and Crown. It does. Yeah, it does. It does. Uh, touchy feely against Miles Miles Jury. Like watching this fight to me, this looks like a guy who's kind of too cocky and very happy with how he's fighting against the guy who's constantly improving and goes out and does hard work and balls to the wall start of fighting that to me really was what this fight personified miles jury like looking real cocky like as if feely was doing nothing and it was just his fight and he was landing all the shots even though feely was bursting him up with the jab and you know these significant strike stats that they always put out and i know they're, they're, they're it's a weird stat but the word significant is so stupid. Like, when the, those jabs of Andre Feely are not being counted as significant strikes. Like, they were by far the most significant strikes of that whole fight. He bursted up Miles Jury's but nose they are in the first round. Strikes, aren't they? Anything from distance, or, isn't it? It's, no, it's jabs are not counted as significant strikes. It has to be, like, yeah, something from distance or some big shot or something like that. Jabs are not... not a big shot on the ground or a distance strike, yeah. I think it is. Yeah, but... I, it's just stupid anyway. Like, MMA stats are the most yeah. fucking point. Like, did, did, you need to watch the fight. The stats, like, a lot of the time, like, don't tell it. Like, you get hit with ridiculous. two big punches in a round and land 50 yourself, small strikes, and lose a round. Yeah, nothing worse as well than total punch stats. Like, the most pointless thing ever. You could land 100 punches in one round and then land nothing in the next two rounds and lose 29, 28. Like, the punch stats are just absolutely pointless. But, however, Andre Feely, another 
top performance and a guy who's improving all the time, Andre Feely. You know, he looked like yeah, a he good seems like he got rid of a lot of the inconsistencies in his like in his performances. He seems to be more consistent now. He's very up and down. Like you wouldn't know which guy's going to show up. Yeah, similar kind of a bit to to uh, Bruce Leroy. Oh, well, Bruce, yeah, I think he's a bit better than Bruce Leroy. Some fights though. you come in, and you're like, oh, he's making real improvements, and then the next fight he comes in and does just stupid, stupid. Like, I suppose. Yeah, I, I actually like Aljamain Sterling. The next guy down the card, I think it's a little bit similar to him. Not a, not as high level. I think Aljamain is better, but Aljamain is a guy who is very inconsistent as well, and who you who has all the qualities, like who can fight from every distance and and things like that. But it was just putting it together was very hard for him to do. But his last couple of fights, and especially against Jimmy Rivera, who's a tough bastard and a very very good fighter Aljamain was just really good really varied using his length like <clears throat> every time I thought he was maybe going to jab or, or come in from distance too much he was changing things up throwing the leg kick throwing the body kick throwing the head kick you know coming in with the backhand force and stuff like that just very very varied and when you fight in a fashion like Aljamain Sterling does I think you need to do that and especially against a guy like Jimmy Rivera who you know non-stop and, and can hit hard as well and, and can knock you out you need to kind of do that so like to me this was kind of Maybe not a coming-of-age fight for Aljamain Sterling, but a very, very, you know, very, very solid performance. And this was, like, this was maybe the most top-class, top-rate MMA on the card that we saw from from uh, from Aljamain Sterling. I thought it was just really, really good performance. Do you agree with me? Or yeah, I going yeah, I do. I think no, I think I think it, there's a lot of potential always in Aljamain Sterling. You kind of see it there, but it was never really put together properly, or you just make a stupid decision. And but now now it looks like in this performance that he's much more his fight IQ is it was higher in this fight I think than in some fights in the past um, and like this is against uh, not not an upper echelon like top of the division guy but like a guy just below that and uh, it was a mature performance you know okay he's he got knocked out there a couple of fights ago well maybe even a few fights ago now Marlon Marais with a knee. It was a bit of a freak incident, you know. It, it, it was, I think it was a kick that kind of turned into a knee. and Not a freak incident, it was thrown, like it was horrible. Like that can happen to anybody, you know. You can just get caught. Yeah. And then losing to Rafael Asensei like a couple of years ago by split decision is just like, you know, that can happen to anybody. It does happen to everybody. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, you can still go on to be the champion if that happens to you, like TJ or whatever. Like, you know, it's not, uh, you're clearly not, not good enough. He's an, like an upper echelon guy, Asensei, even though. Well, he was in the past, at least. Anyway, maybe the game's moved on a little bit now. They can negate a lot of his game better, the top guys. But at the time, mm-hmm. he was probably an upper-echelon guy. So there's no shame in his losses. But even in some of his wins, he could have won easier if he had been a bit smarter or if he had used his abilities a bit better. But in this fight, you know, Jimmy Rivera is obviously a very, very good guy. And he didn't. He didn't get a finish. But he, he, when you get to the top of these divisions in these small in these smaller weight divisions, it's very hard to finish people. People are so scrambly on the ground, and people are like you know the shots. Like we were talking about heavyweight earlier, you get hit with a kind of a shot from a weird angle, you can get knocked out. It doesn't really happen at these lower weights due to just the force they can generate because of the size of them. Yeah. So yeah, like I think I think Aljamain Sterling like it wouldn't surprise me all that much if he ended up a champion at some stage. Like he can, he can, he has. The skills there, if you can put it all together. Yeah, I hundred percent agree. I, I really, really do. Especially after last night, I think he was really good. And the thing about ba- bantamweight as well, it's a bit like lightweight. Like in that, a lot of the top guys fight each other all the time, just because the division is kind of so held up. You know, you had Cody Garbrandt injured for a long time. Obviously, Dominic Cruz injured injured for a long time before that, and TJ Dillashaw going down to one hundred and twenty five. Now it kind of breeds competition there between the 
the contenders and guys are losing fights but coming back like like Marais lost to uh, lost to Aston Sao and then came back and won two or three in a row and everyone's calling him for get to, for for to get a title shot. No, I can't even speak. But yeah, it, it definitely is one of those divisions. And you know, Manny Bermuda is another guy in there as well coming up. I know he missed weight here, but there's a lot of people call, calling for him to fight Crone Gracie maybe as well if he can you know, go up to featherweight. But are, you know, doing well at bantamweight as well. Andrea Lee. Did very well. I, I was really, really impressed with, with Andrea Lee here. A big women's flyweight. And uh, really good performance against Ashley Evans-Smith, who's no joke either. And I, I was really impressed with her. Uh, Nick Lintz, another good performance from Nick Lintz. The, the Conor McGregor kryptonite. Nick Lintz coming in here, beating Scott Holtzman. That that fight needs to be made now, I think. Uh, Luke Sanders. Hinnemborough. He's no longer a monster, I'm afraid. He was like this was maybe the best performance of Hinnenbrow's career since he was champion. In that first round, he looked really good. He was he was beating up Luke Sanders. Luke Sanders was coming forward. He was countering him all the time. But it was a really brave performance from Luke Sanders. Luke Sanders, I believe, I think he believed in his ability. And I, I want a person sent in a question actually about to talk about Luke Luke Sanders' corner. And I think the corner did a good job. Like w- watching that fight live, I was like, he he's going forward, and he kind of needs to keep doing that because that's how you beat him, bro. But you might take a little bit of damage or a lot of damage, which he, which he kind of did in that first maybe six or seven minutes of the fight or whatever it was. Uh, but eventually got the knockout, and I think lots of guys won't do that. And you know, you can't blame him really if you're taking lots of shots, but. If you want to beat a guy like Inambro, I think that's kind of the blueprint to beat him. Just yeah, the blueprint has been set by TJ in the, over the what? How many rounds? Six. Where, the four first rounds one went five rounds. Yeah, four or five. Yeah, probably. Yeah. You know, it was yeah. shown time and time again there that like that's, that's what you need to do. Like we've seen Inambro pick people apart from the outside mm-hmm. in the past, and with like kind of kind of budget Aldo style <laughs> oh, that's, that's a good way of putting it like like him bro 30 33 fights in a row without losing he went and then he just falls off a cliff like you know a six he took a lot of damage as well though in yeah he, i suppose he did but like it's it, i know a lot of people are roaring you sad and everything like that but there's only so long you can keep going and keep fighting at that level and or at any level really you know there's there's a certain time that you're just not going to be able to fight at that level anymore. And, you know, it happens in every sport. Even, like, look at soccer. The, like of, you know, the likes of Wayne Rooney or, or Fernando Torres or Alexi Sanchez or whoever you want to talk about. Like, that eventually it just, they fall off a cliff. And, you know, I think that's probably happened to him and Barona as well. And, that you know, it's unfortunate because he was, you know, in his prime, he was a really, really good fighter. And, you know, beat Uriah Faber a couple of times as well. And was the UFC bantamweight champion. You know, one of only, what, four men or something to, to do it like that. So, you know... Fair play to him, but I think now is, is probably his time, and I don't think he'll be in the UFC uh, anymore. And then Emily Whitmire against uh, Albon in the, 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 the starter offer, the, the curtain raiser. <laughs> the starter a, offer. Another great performance. Just took her down and choked her out straight away. Really, really good. And a good good card all around, to be honest, up and down. Uh, it was a good card on paper, and it turned out to be good as well, so fair play to him. Right. <laughs> Before we get on to the build our cards, UFC Prague next week. Let's talk about that for a, a couple of seconds. We have Jan Blahovic against Thiago Santos in the main event. We have Stefan Struve. Can't Struf. wait for that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Stefan Struve against Marcus Rogerio de Lima. John Valente against someone. Liz Carmouche against Lucy Pudlova. John Danson against Peter Jan. Best fight on the card. Daniel Tamora is back here against your boy Chris Fishgold. 
Uh, oh boy. Paulo Reyes back on this card. Rusem Habilov against uh, Muchanche, I believe, on this card as well. So it's actually not too bad, but it's not not great either. And things that stands out to you there. Dodson versus Peter Yan is a real standout yeah, one, isn't it? Yeah, definitely stands out. Yeah. I like uh, Stefan Strew fights as well, uh, just to see what he'll do, if he'll ever use his reach or what will happen. <laughs> Probably not, but you, know, you live in hope. Like, to me, this Peter Yan, John Dodson fight, it's a t- that's a tough fight for anyone. For like for Peter Yan, he's a really really good fighter. Looks a top top rate prospect here. But John Dodson, he's a bit a bit like uh, Aston So as well. He can just make it a tough, you know, a, a fucking shitty fight at times. Like he can just... be very patient though. Like <laughs> yeah. that's like he can wait for you to kind of come forward into one of his big big shots. Like and Peter Yan is inexperienced compared to to Dodson. Like Dodson's been in fights with. Uh, Demetrius Johnson he's, he took two rounds off Demetrius Johnson in some people's yeah. eyes and a lot of people's eyes hurt him as well at one stage didn't he yeah dropped him flash knocked him down like or I think yeah I'm pretty sure he dropped him for a second mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah so like you know just Dodson's no, no joke okay some of his performances he comes there and he kind of just does a lot of nothing and there's this corner screaming like do something and he won't do it but yeah, he's he's fought some of the very best guys in the world like he's he's TKO, TJ Dillashaw, okay, it was a controversial finish, so it probably should have been let go on a little bit more in a lot of people's eyes, but still, you can land that big shot against top guys like Demetrius Johnson and TJ Dillashaw, you can land that shot against Peter Yan. so Peter Yan's got to be very careful there, it's very it's very quick to put him in a fight like this, mm-hmm. uh, I think I think they should have waited. Yeah, it's a funny one as but well. But he might go out there, he might go out there and style on John Dodson and everybody's yeah. like, wow, this guy's unbelievable, maybe that UFC... I've been watching him a lot closer the matchmakers have been watching him a lot closer than we have before he came to the UFC yeah. and they, they believe he can do that but usually in the past I don't think Joe Silva would have done it this quickly neither do I yeah. but when you're looking at a guy like Peter Yan or even like McGregor when he was coming up through it like you see him kind of cutting off the cage and beating guys down and, and you're thinking like okay he's really really good obviously but can he do that against the top rate guys and then McGregor goes out and obviously does it can Peter Yan do the same like if, this is this is probably the biggest test he'll ever have of cutting off the cage against John Dodson because he's the guy who just doesn't want you to cut him off he's just a pain in the arse to try to do that against and if he can do it against him and you know maybe get a few takedowns or just land big hooks as he's circling around he's ready like he is ready for the top top rate and you're, we're going to be talking about Peter Yan alongside Marlon Moraes and, and Aljamain Sterlings and all those lads he's going to be absolutely ready for that so this is a huge fight for Peter Yan this is the biggest fight in the card for me and I'm really really looking forward to it but what about the the main event Thiago Santos obviously a big heavy hitting Brazilian uh, Jan Blahovic, kind of uh, not, not a career career resurgence, but a guy who's improved an awful lot over his last few fights. Beat Nikita Krylov, uh, Jimmy Manuel. He kind of reminds me, just thinking about it now, he kind of reminds me of a bit of Bisbing back in the day. Yeah, Jan that's Blahovic. not a bad show, actually, is it? Not that talented anywhere, but just kind of like hard nose, hard worker. Probably puts a lot of work in in the gym. Kind of rises to fights at the kind of level of his opponent. His opponent nearly mm. a lot of the time. Yeah, it's that sort of fight. Then that Bisping would probably lose this sort of fight. Thiago Santos, you know, a better. You probably get dropped in the first round and come back and win a split <laughs> well, decision in, in England. Yeah. <laughs> 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 what are you saying? Bin Cartlidge should be on the phone, you. But uh, yeah, yeah. Hobbery. Hobbery, yeah. But uh, 
you know, looking at uh, Mahecha's record as well, you know, he's beaten Eric Anders, Jimmy Manuel, Kevin Holland over his last few. Like, his last, last three fights ago was to, or four fights ago even, was to David Branch. And I suppose you look at David Branch and say maybe he's a similar sort of fighter to Blahovic, and like he'll get inside and he'll hit you with shots and kind of push you against the fence and take you down as well. And he lost Former two-way world champion, yeah. you should say before was his name. It, was it only two-way? I thought it was three. Was it three? No, was it middleweight light everywhere? And heavy? I don't know. Maybe in the World Series, the World yeah, Series, the World Series, fighting. Yeah, the legend. But yeah, should be a good fight anyway. Looking forward to that. And what about Fishy against Daniel Daniel Timor? That should be a good fight as well. You know, Chris Fish called hard nosed Liverpool guy as well. I saw him at the, the Cage Warriors fights there the other day. Should be should be another good one as well. That David Timor's brother, obviously Daniel Timor. Looking forward to that one. Yeah, I don't know. Fish call fights are never all that exciting, though. Really, yeah. uh, like the. It's good tech, there's good work there. It's it's, it's hard nosed kind of work, but it's never like not never, but it's rarely like it's that exciting to be honest. Yeah, all right, I'm not looking forward to that. <laughs> all right, uh, let's, let's be move, honest. Let's move on to, yeah, let's be honest. Let's move on to the fucking 48 Bellator cards here. Uh, Matt Mitrion versus Sergey Haritanov. I didn't see much of that card to be honest, but Matt Mitrion dick kicked Sergey Haritanov after 15 seconds. Put him down, and the fight was over, sort of. <laughs> really, so much to talk about that one. Uh, Ireland's own Ian Pashku lost to Logan Storley here by unanimous decision uh, in, in the, the Coleman event there. Uh, Austin Page Van Zanterford as well was in on this card. He won by uh, by arm triangle. And Eduardo Dantas got another uh, got another uh, win here as well. And apart from that, there really wasn't much on it. In Bellator, 2-1-6. Was another weird card, but another weird main event. This Michael Venom Page Paul Daly fight was pretty fucking atrocious. I'm not gonna lie. Like I, I love, I usually love. Well, maybe you usually love fights like this. Super anyway. I usually, fight league. <laughs> this fight needed to be on in India, didn't it? In the yellow cage. If you know anyway, it was good. But it was just kind of a boring fight. It was Michael Venom Page was doing nothing on the feet. Paul Daly got a few takedowns, didn't do much there, got got reversed, and MVP was kind of beating him when he did reverse him. You know, it was it was just a dreary old drag out fight that went on five rounds. I actually fell asleep in the middle of it and then came back and watched it in the morning and it was just it wasn't great at all, was it? No. It was disappointing. Like there was a lot of talk for a year, more than a year between the two about them fighting. And a lot like a lot of times this kind of thing does happen where the build up and the hype is, is a lot and then the fight kind of disappoints but it's a good experience for Michael Page I think as well like you know uh, I know he's like in his 30s now but he's still relatively inexperienced against good guys so it's it was a, it was a, like he overcame the test he won handily I just like to see him fight more often and against guys of the level of Bald Haley or, or above soon before he's before he's too old before we can't wait another 10 years that like we've already waited mm-hmm. yeah I, I have a few thoughts on this let me just run through without actually happened to the fight first because a lot of people I know some people don't have Sky or maybe didn't even know it was on so we'll talk about Sky in a second I'll talk about the MVP but the, the first round not absolutely nothing happened in this whole round but MVP landed a couple of shots and was pushing forward so you have to give it to him for the for octagon control, I suppose, more than anything. It could have been a 10-10 round, but I don't think it was. I think MVP won it. Cage control. Yeah, the second and third. Yeah, cage control, sorry. Second and third were Paul Daly takedowns, ground Or if pound. it's in English, it's in English. There's two English people fighting, so octagon. Octagon She's got a gun. Yeah. Uh, round four, Daly got to take down again and some ground and pound, but MVP was able to turn it around, got a knee, and then a takedown of himself. And 
uh, some elbows and MVP won the round I thought he landed definitely more damage in the last couple of minutes of that round and in the fifth day he got a takedown again but MVP turned it again almost got a rear naked choke took back control and then lots of ground and pound as well so I think he won it as well MVP won 1, 4 and 5 and Daly won 2 and 3 but to me you know you said there you want to hear see MVP fighting against other good guys like this and I do as well and he'll be fighting Douglas Lima next which we can talk about in a second but to me I think MVP got exposed in this fight I really do I just don't think he had the pop and he's striking like he normally does and maybe that's understandable fighting five rounds against a higher level of guy than he's ever fought before but if he can't do that against Paul Daly and if he gets taken down like that against Paul Daly Paul Daly is not a wrestler by any means and he got t- taken down so easily by Paul Daly. Didn't really destroy him on the feet at all. When Paul Daly wasn't really looking to, to strike with him. He was just kind of standing there. Okay, he was being very defensive. But when you're such a you know a unique, varied striker like MVP. That's something you should be able to break down. And he just wasn't. Or, or just kind of froze in front of him. And in on the ground, he was just taken down so easy. Okay, he reversed it a couple of times and, and everything. But, you know, as I said, it's Paul Daly we're talking about here. If you're talking about a, a Rory McDonald or something there, you wouldn't be reversing that and getting up. He would have just absolutely destroyed you. So, to me, this this exposed Michael Vinham Page a bit. Am I being too harsh on him? Mm, yeah, I think you are. I think, he, I think he, looked, he definitely looked less flowy and less quick on his feet the whole the whole time. But maybe that was nerves of, of fighting in a big main event for the first time against an actually guy that has a bit of threat like you know he can hit you with a big left hand and put you down like he's he's done it before like okay he's he's never maybe as good as people made him out to be Paul Daly and he's on the downturn of his career but he still has power and he's still he still knows knows how to he has like experience like you know what is it 50 55 60 fights like mm-hmm. you know he's, he's got a lot of experience he, he knows how to deal with situations and uh, and he he had a decent game plan, Paul Daly. Like I suppose, like you know, he didn't he didn't take too much damage. He got a few, a few takedowns. Obviously, he probably wasn't expecting to get reversed. He probably thought he could grind out rounds there. So he came in against an experienced veteran with a, with a decent game plan and with big power, and he and he won quite handily, in my opinion. Um, but yeah, he's definitely like you know his takedown defense has kind of been shown in the past where he's kind of got a couple of I think I can't remember what submissions he got, but he got submissions off his back or reversed and got submissions. Take down defense is never that good, but he's still a guy. He's still a guy who can land a crazy shot or or just clown you. Like he's clowned a lot of guys, and like you know, he broke a, a skull. Like he obviously has power. Like he cracked uh, Cyborg uh, Santos's skull. Like, mm-hmm. That's like that doesn't happen that much. <laughs> like, yeah, he has especially. that, but like, can he do that against the top level guys? That's the thing. Yeah, about but he it. came in slow. He came in kind of slower and less flowy maybe maybe it was something going on in his head about oh this is bad blood going on here i don't really like this guy or or that and this big main event and i'm finally fighting somebody that people are are saying isn't a bum Mm -hmm. you know there's a bit more pressure on like it's kind of the moment people have been waiting for him fighting somebody big in a big spot Mm -hmm. somebody known and somebody that people think has a genuine chance against them like the the thing for me and why I say he's exposed, like, like we talk about like UFC jitters and somebody yeah. moves into UFC for the time, because it's a bigger spot, it's a bigger audience. Like you know, Michael Venom Page is on Sky Sports, you know. Yeah. 
But like, well, he probably like when he's younger, he's watching Sky Sports mm. News and watching Sky Sports, and now he's there. Like you know, he's not on Super Fight League or he's not not on TV like in Bellator usually. Yeah. <laughs> like, like the problem here is though, like, and why I say he's exposed is because he's going to be fighting better lads now. Like, will he be able to do that against Douglas Lima? Like. Uh, but like we've problem. seen guys come in like in big spot and the first time they're nervous and then the second time they're okay like that happens yeah, a lot I don't know though Tim I don't like, know. They, they go in there and they're like actually it's kind of the same thing like you know it's like it doesn't really make a difference mm. or you never know what be going on he could have had like you know injuries in camp or he could have had a bad weight cut or he could have you know anything could have happened yeah I think I wouldn't yeah. I wouldn't say oh you're exposed just because you won a five round decision over a 55 65 veteran yeah, I don't know I just don't think Paul Daly is that great a fighter to be honest I and mean, he's beating you in that way and when you can't pull the trigger against him like that like is he going to be able well to it depends him? it depends where you kind of thought MVP could go like if you thought he could be the, the best welterweight in the world then maybe you're thinking on oh, no, and maybe he can't now but mm. like I don't think many people were saying that though I don't know I think he could have been I don't know I thought he could have been like but it's it's just like I think the next fight is actually the big one you're right because it's you know it's a little bit like Big Francie coming back against Derek Lewis and putting in another great performance and that's a fucking harsh as well because he did beat Paul Daly in fairness it wasn't that bad but like that next fight after that to see if you can kind of pull the trigger and go hard on it and not be like waiting to get taken down like MVP was for sections of that fight like if he does that against Douglas Lima, but if he comes out and he stands in front of Douglas Lima like he did against Paul Daly, he's going to get fucking destroyed and probably finished. Like, he really, really is. And if he fights Rory McDonald, it's going to be the same. Like, could also, you know, bad day at the office. Like, you know, there's a load of things that could have happened. Yeah. Like, I wouldn't say, like, oh, you've been exposed. You're, like, maybe he will turn out to be the best welterweight in the world. Like, he'd want to hurry up and start testing himself against the... Uh, the best guys yeah. we will but, find out though in fairness we thought for a long time we mightn't find out but he, he, we're going to find out now he's in that tournament and you know it's time to shit or get off the pot so we'll see with, uh, with MVP <laughs> Richard, Richard Kiley's 100% convinced he'd beat him anyway so I don't know about that no but we'll see maybe not but there, there you go anyway um, we'll talk about him soon uh, Mirko Krokop Ryan Nelson just another not great fight uh, Mirko Krokop stopping the takedowns <laughs> and punching Ryan Nelson in the face fair play at him Czech Congo versus Vitaly Minikov a lot of people calling this a robbery uh, I don't know it's cl- relatively close enough not the, the best fight in the world but I can I can definitely see why people had uh, Minikov uh, Yaroslav Amasov Good performance against Eric Silva. You know, a lot of people may be saying, I think he's like 22-0 and or something like that. A lot of people may be calling him like the next Habib or something like that. 21-0. Yeah. Uh, I wasn't that impressed with him. I actually thought Eric Silva fought pretty well and usually when a guy like that fights pretty well, you can kind of take it off the other guy a little bit. But maybe this is the first kind of big stage of his career against a name guy, so maybe Amosov would be better from now on. But and not to say he was bad as well. He, he won and won well. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see him actually over his next couple of fights as well. And Valerie Loreda. Look uh, good. These are all, all these prelims that were just like, you know, 0-1 oh, versus 1-0 yeah. or 1-3. But, 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 but Valerie Loreda is the American Taekwondo national champion. And she looked good. You know, she she's training at ATT now, throwing, throwing some good punches as well as her kicks and was caught maybe the weirdest post-fight promo I've ever seen in my whole life. Just crying like, I love everyone. I love my father and her father was crying and everything. It was just fucking insane gashed off altogether fair play to her so uh, she's she's one of my favourites now after that already but yeah pretty good uh, all the way around and Sky before we get to next week's uh, card you know you weren't on last week I had, I had Philip on here like how big is it you know you've talked a lot and talked probably apart from myself maybe better than anyone about uh, this <laughs> Sky Sports and what it means to be on Sky Sports like how big is it for you and uh, even at the weekend having it on you know how, how big was it do you think that they're on Sky Sports now 
Yeah, I think it's huge. And the more, the like, we talked about this for ages, and it's, it's a pretty obvious point, I suppose. But being on Sky Sports News, like, that's on in Bucky's. It's on in, uh, uh, like, uh, Bucky's yeah, for Americans, super, Americans who, bookmakers, like, just they're everywhere in the UK and Ireland. Mm-hmm. People are hanging out there, horse racing, football, bet, football racing, uh, betting, and they'd be betting on betting on everything and watching Sky Sports News all day. And people will just have Sky Sports News on in the background of their house while they're cleaning or while they're just sitting around on their phone or whatever. And if they see, like, if guys have a chance to put themselves out there, okay, like most guys in MMA are terrible at putting promos or doing media and they're boring and they're probably not going to get on. But it, it gives you the chance, if you are interesting, if you can, like, put a nice highlight together, people can get excited about you. Like, people get excited about stupid boxing matches exhibition boxing matches between guys who had to retire from cricket with knee injuries against other guys I can't even don't know who the other guy was Yeah, what was his name again Freddie Flintoff yeah, against somebody and people are like oh messaging me like how do we get a stream for this and stuff I'm like what the fuck's going on because Sky Sports News has been talking about it yeah. for the last two or three weeks or whatever mm-hmm. so it's, it's it really puts it in the consciousness of the normal sports fan yeah. in uh, the UK or Ireland who, who would be in a pub or be in a uh, bookies or be at home with Sky Sports News in the background and it's 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 big like because a lot of people who are a lot of males anyway but like the on Sky 401 is like Sky Sports 1 yeah. and they'll kind of start there and flip through the channels and like if Bellator is on there they're like oh Bellator Paul Daly they're probably oh maybe I've heard of Paul Daly before or, that's like, that's you know, a, maybe, that's maybe I've heard of Rory McDonald on the Sky Planner mm-hmm. oh I've heard of Rory McDonald I'm gonna what who's he fighting you know, oh, that's next, is it? Okay, great. Like, even if they haven't seen it on Sky Sports News. Yeah. That, that's actually a great point about just clicking the 401 thing, because I do that all the time, like, just see what's yeah, on. Yeah, loads of my friends do Everyone that. Like, do yeah, that. Well, yeah. is there any sport I've forgotten about here that I should be watching? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I think another big thing about it as well, just think about this weekend, right? Um, James Gallagher is fighting in the main event here of Bellator 217 in, in Dublin, half seven on Saturday night. Yeah. On the exact same channel the next day is Manchester United versus Liverpool. Like, Imagine you were watching a game on, or the golf or whatever on, on, on a you know, Wednesday or Thursday and they show what's coming up for the weekend and they show Man United versus Liverpool. And just before that, you're going to see Bellator yeah. 217. Like, that is fucking huge. You cannot buy that advertising. Like, you know. Yeah, people people who don't understand the, the situation over here with the TV is BT Sport is what UFC is on. And that's an extra, like, 20 euro a month for, for a bunch of BT channels that has, like, some football and stuff. But, like, you know, not everybody has that. Like, some people will just stream the game or we'll we'll go down to the pub or watch the game or go over to their mate's gaff if they if they already if they don't want to pay the extra twenty quid if if, if it's only the odd football game they want to watch and they're not like yeah. a UFC fan. So they wouldn't even have the opportunity if they if they were interested like, oh that Cain Velasquez versus Francis Ngannou, I've heard of those two guys, heavyweight, I like heavyweight. If they click on it it says like this channel's not available, please ring this number to order the channel. They're not gonna do it. Like, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah, and lots of people didn't. Like, if you're a sports fan, you're probably going to have Sky Sports, like, aren't you? Uh, I know a lot of people yeah. don't have it, but like, that's the thing as well about this. And, you know, myself and Phil talked about it last week, but it's. You Even know, getting more people to illegally stream, like, okay, like, people, <laughs> yeah. company, com- companies don't want, but like, it's, it's better to have brand awareness, like, yeah. that people actually, like, want to go watch the fights, even if they, even if they're streaming it illegally, like, maybe it'll, like, they'll have an affinity towards your brand then in the future when they. When they have like Sky Digital instead of fucking Virgin Media or whatever, they'll, 
They'll order one of your pay-per-views or whatever. Yeah, but it's even like, I think the general sports fan here is more interested in MMA or the MMA fan, <coughs> more correctly, is more interested in, in general sports than maybe anywhere else in the world, UK and Ireland, you know. And I know there's a lot of MMA fans who only like MMA. But even like something like, you know, now TV and Sky, <coughs> you can buy like a weekend pass for, a, or a weekly pass for 10 or whatever. And like, if you're buying that pass, you're going to try to get the most out of it. You know, you see Bellator is on. I'm sure a lot of people will be buying it this weekend to watch Man United versus Liverpool. Liverpool and you see Belter on before you're going to watch that like so it's it's absolutely it's absolutely huge for him and even you know having the fights on live last week we don't have to be given out about it and everything like that it's <laughs> it's just it's fantastic for us we don't have to talk about it anymore so fair play to Belter for getting this done and hopefully he can stay there longer than you know 2000 and 2019 and, and uh, you know people need support and, and watch it as well so there you go yeah I don't know if Bellator <laughs> will, will, will understand how okay people obviously like Dave Green who went from Bama to Bellator will understand how how important the Sky deal is to, to make a good impression and stay there mm-hmm. with Sky. Like, make Sky want to resign you because Scott Coker doesn't seem to even know that Ireland, where Ireland is or where it is or that it's an island or that it's not the UK or mm-hmm. he probably doesn't even know where it is. Like, you know, he's been here and multiple times, but like, he's been all over the place. Like, you know, he, he's flying from here to there to other places. Like, it's probably not that important to him. Mm-hmm. He probably doesn't like you know. He doesn't know Sky. He knows he's probably heard of Sky Sports, but he doesn't. He's got a lot of shit going on, like, basically. But it's good that somebody like Dave Green is in there now. The from Bama, like he he'll understand. He's been in TV before, so he'll understand how big it is. And if they if they push it right, like they could end up on Sky Sports in a five year deal, and that'd be absolutely massive. Huge. And then like huge. Yeah. Like, like it, it could it could make yeah. it could make Bellator like a genuine contender for the UFC in terms of numbers over here in, in the UK and Ireland yeah, anyway could. and like the one small issue and I would actually if there's a press conference next week I might actually ask Scott Coker about this he's <clears throat> like you know they had the scope a couple of years ago we talked about it to bring the likes of Rory McDonald over here or you know Rampage Jackson whoever the big names but now there's a lot more fights than there was, you know, with this European series and this, these the zone cards and everything. So yeah. maybe they won't. But like, if they can bring over the guys even two or three times a year, maybe you know have a Rory McDonald fight in Dublin or you know have a yeah. Musashi fight in London. Or, or where do they have huge. them? Where do they have them Anthony Joshua fights and like where or boxing matches where he where he, he boxes guys nobody's ever heard of and there's like sixty thousand people there and stuff like because yeah. guys sports are behind and people who know what they're doing are able to promote it and I don't think you'd be able to do that with Bellator now but you could have it in the well, like, it depends on what cards you put on like if you put on like for example uh, Rory McDonald against some other guy people have heard of if you can sign somebody from the UFC mm-hmm. like, MVP even you know yeah MVP Rory McDonald could, could that maybe not 60,000 but could it do you know 30,000 if, if Sky Sports got behind it like doing Villa Park like FA Cup semi-final back in the day. Let's do it. <laughs> Let's do it. But I, I don't know about that now, but I think they can, like... A like big would, would, like Bellator, that. would Bellator do that because of the time zone differences? Yeah. They, they, they don't seem to have a problem with putting stuff on, ta- on tape delay, so... If, if they had I, a big fight like that, you'd reckon it could go on Sky Sports uh, pay-per-view, box office? Yeah, well, like, Sky Sports would be able to, kind of, before the, the boxing match takes place, or the, the fight takes place, like they do a boxing match, they'd probably be able to gauge yeah. the interest, like, on their website and in terms of, like, you know, interaction with, with these stories or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think people, yeah, like, you know, people maybe wouldn't pay the the, the price that it costs in America, but it only costs, what, 20 quid over here or yeah. 22 quid. Yeah, it's it's like much better than 65 or 100 or whatever mm-hmm. over, in, over in America. So it's not that big of a shell out if you, if you have, like, a few good fights on, on the card. And if you have a couple of, 
if you can get like somebody like you know people got behind Ricky Hatton so quickly I know it's boxing and it's not it's not a it's 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 different to MMA. It's not ingrained in people. Mm-hmm. But if you got some like w- guy who could do media well, talk well from the UK, like you know uh, Fabian Edwards or uh, uh, I don't know who else at the moment, like that you could you could rely on. Like I don't know if Fabian Edwards would be like he hasn't really had the chance to do like a a sit down interview like they do in boxing. What do they call that thing? The, um, what's it called? The face to face thing, like the dark room. Um, oh yeah, that thing as well. Yeah, I don't know. But yeah. But they do they do like long interviews and they kinda of go through their lives and kinda of make it a documentary style where they show like you know the one where they kinda of talk to the, the one boxer at the, at the Oh time. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like life stories or something like that. Yeah, like, kinda yeah. similar to that. I can't remember the name what they call it or but you do stuff like that and do like a, a build up show properly like like they do for, for like Andy Joshua versus some guy nobody's ever heard of. Mm-hmm. Um Yeah, so like if they do it right, like it, it, the potential is there, but Will Bellator put the resources behind it to do it right? Yeah. Will Sky, if Bellator aren't kind of doing it themselves, will Sky do it by themselves? Mm-hmm. Don't know. But yeah, that's another question I suppose to ask Scott Coker next week. I must jot that down. Someone tweet me those two questions. I'll, I'll try to ask him if we can get, get close to him. But what about this this Dublin card? It's, I, I like, it, it's turned into like a momentous card now because of this Sky deal and the first you know fight card in prime time on Sky, you know, the Man United Liverpool weekend. Not okay. It, it's a run of the mill normal Irish, you know, Bama cage contender cards or whatever it is, you know, on paper, or, or maybe a little bit better because you have a lot of guys, maybe more guys than you'd normally have on it. But it's it's really turned into a momentous card because of that, hasn't it? Yeah, it is. It's a big card. It's on my birthday as well, so uh, that makes it even more special. No uh, <laughs> birthday anniversary. Happy birthday! Oh yeah, it was our, it was our four year anniversary as well of doing the podcast. So happy birthday to us and happy birthday to you. For uh, with McGahan as well, or yeah, McGahan. Oh yeah, next week is two hundred. I don't know. What, what well, I had more. Do? I had more to do in the podcast. It took longer for me to do the podcast when McGahan was doing it because I had to edit so much shit out that he said it was completely yeah. untrue. God Almighty! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm editing it now. It's way better. Listening, like listening to podcasts, my half an hour, and this is going pretty well. Yeah. And like he says something that's completely ridiculous. I'm like, oh my god! Oh no! If you get get rid of that, he like calls someone a fucking drug cheat after the last one fight. <laughs> completely incorrect and yeah. as if it's true and just move on <laughs> just oh move on yeah I don't even bother listening to it. but um somebody's fight like James Gallagher in the main event I suppose sorry Andrew sorry Andrew. <laughs> it's it's a big fight for James Gallagher you know it's coming back after that Ricky Bandeja's last watching some Stephen Graham fights I don't think it's the toughest mm. challenge he'll ever, he'll ever face in his career you know I think he's there for a reason like mm. but like it is uh, kind of a nothing to lose fight for him maybe he'll just go out there and just go balls to the wall for a few minutes and maybe Gallagher will be like a little bit nervous after what happened in the last fight like we've seen that happen in the past like I'm, I, I I know like I'm not I have no inside knowledge I don't like I haven't been talking to James I don't like I haven't heard that he's nervous or anything like that but you know look at Nganu or look at he didn't even get finished you know Nganu mm-hmm. we thought he did and <laughs> he came out like that like you know yeah. so like it, it, especially when you've never lost before okay he's lost an amateur but he's never lost in a big spot with like a lot of people being like ah that's the, the, you lost I knew you were shit all along you know a lot of people were taking a lot of a lot of happiness out of him losing mm-hmm. um, they weren't really happy for the guy who beat him they were more happy that he lost so maybe that got to him you know that can get to people but I, I don't think it has I haven't heard anything like that but it is a bit of an extra pressure fight like if he, if he was just after beating Shinzo Machida or, or any of them guys and he was fighting this guy he'd be like he's going to run straight through him no bother yeah. but like you know this guy's got nothing to lose it's a big spot okay James has been in big spots before 
but there's a little bit of extra pressure coming back off. You don't want to lose two in a row when you've been given a when you've been given a push, not given a push, but like you've 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 earned the push, really, haven't you? Yeah, you've earned yeah. the push. Yeah, you've you've made you put yourself out there, and even when people are criticizing you, you keep doing what you're doing, and people are like maybe people will see him on Sky Sports and be Gallagher, oh, that's a fucking idiot. I want to fucking see him get crushed, and they'll, mm-hmm. they'll tune in. You know, so people care about him. That's that's a rare thing. People who aren't big MMA fans know about him and, care, and have an opinion either way about him. Yeah, definitely. Like, so, you know, you're dead. Thing. You're dead right about this fight being like a big fight for him because of that just mentally. But you know, people criticize James Gallagher an awful lot, and he, maybe people think I criticize him an awful lot, even though I don't. But uh, I actually think like he's strong enough mentally. Like, I, I you know, the way he went down early yeah. show after that loss, and he took it on the fucking chin. Like, and most guys don't do that. Like, we, we you know, we yeah. most guys do not do that. And he, Especially after they just cut down the weight, they'd be like, "Oh, I never fought this weight before. It was all the weight mm-hmm. cut." They could, like, you know, you see Johnny and Jacek do it, like a fucking champion, one of the best female fighters ever. Yeah. Like, yeah, you know, you could have easily won that route. Like. And he's fighting a bantamweight again in this fight. And, he, you know, maybe it's a thing he wants to kind of prove that he can do it at bantamweight. And, you know, it's, you have to admire that as well. Like, fair, you know, fair play yeah. to him. And it's, if he can come out and, and you know, let his hands go and, and do what he needs to do here. Or maybe well, not let his hands go. Is, he's probably going to do, what, what he probably should do and what he should do is take the guy down straight away and choke him. Yeah. And rein, probably, probably rein a choke and that's probably what he will do. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, but like you know, it. Uh, I'm, I don't think James Gallagher is like, oh, this is a dangerous wife from or anything. But it just is a little bit more difficult than if he was coming off a win and was still undefeated, and yeah. he got this guy. People, pe- people would be like, oh, he's definitely going to beat this guy. It wouldn't be giving the other guy a chance. But in James's head, it, it wouldn't be as big a thing. I don't think, or in any fighter's head, like in Ganu, all these guys. Uh, fighters often say, I'm fighting myself in this fight, and I think for James Gallagher, that yeah. is kind of true. If he, if he can kind of. And, and maybe there's nothing to get over, but if for for our kind of point of view, if he can, you know, yeah. get over he's that, probably that like, big when game. a young guy, when a young prospect loses for the first time, he usually comes back and a lot better. He's hmm. he's seen, oh, I can't be doing this anymore, or I was stupid to do this, or maybe he'll be like, oh, well, like let me just do what Gunnar Nelson did for his for his whole career until he got to the UFC, or including when he was in the UFC, mm-hmm. just take people down as soon as I can and just choke them. Yeah, understand. Yeah, so so looking forward to that. Going to be at that uh, next week and. The, the rest of the card in Peter Quilly against uh, against Miles Price. No, this is the, this is kind of the big bad blood match in the card. Something we don't see maybe that much in in Irish MMA. Obviously, Miles Price used to be SPG and went over and, and trained with with Habib for the the McGregor camp and lots of people. You know, Quilly maybe at the front of the line, calling him a rat and everything like that. And you know, this is a bit of animosity coming in here. Two guys been along around for a long time. You know, Quilly has what sixteen fights. Um, Miles Price has has seventeen fights. So you know, two good experienced guys with similar enough records 11 4 and 1 for Queely and uh, 10 and 7 for Miles Price this is this is an interesting fight isn't it you know and I, I think we both before said that we probably favour Queely slightly but you know yeah, Miles Price is no joke how, how much does this AKA camp actually help him out in his wrestling and stuff as well it's an interesting fight isn't it yeah he's been around for a long time like some I don't really expect a guy who's been around as long as Miles Price training to make massive improvements all of a sudden but you never know like maybe maybe a small little detail he's been showing about takedowns or getting back to his feet because he is very he's 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 very easy to take down at times small price and he's happy he seems happy to stay on the bottom and try to like land small punches or throw submissions but that's not going to work like Creeley's taking people down and grinding them out loads and loads of times it's what he does mm-hmm. 
So yeah. I, I just think the style matchup is is in favor of Queeley. I'm interested to see what Queeley actually does. And I think Queeley's a bigger guy as well. He is, yeah. I mean, because this is at lightweight, isn't he? And Queeley's fought a lot at, at welterweight as well. So it's interesting to see him coming down to, to lightweight again. I know he's fought there a few times. He's a very powerful guy, Queeley. Like he, he's yeah. a very powerful guy. Like, like him. Will, do you think Queeley will will stand on him, or do you think he'll take him down straight away? Because Queeley, I don't think to be, he'd be. I don't think he'd be afraid. Like Miles Price isn't like you know, thrown thrown these huge knockout punches consistently in his career or anything like that but it's just a I don't think he'd be like oh I definitely can't stand on the feet I'm afraid to stand on the feet with most points but I think he, he won't he won't just like if the, if the if the opportunity to take him down is there I think he'll take him down yeah like Queenie I don't think he'd be, be out there forcing it but yeah he, to me he was always a guy like he could have been like the next maybe Carl Pinder pull, pushes you against the fence and takes you on makes it a dog at hard fight you know when he's fighting over in Africa and stuff when I was uh, kind of covering those fights and watching him I always thought he'd be that sort of fighter and he was going really well on, on that sort of wavelength but then he kind of changed it up and became like this languid fighter from the outside I think Queenie has you know very good cardio and to fight like that as a, a lightweight or a welterweight it's very hard to have good cardio like that but I think he does it pretty well but that takes a lot of time to change you know a lot of people you know criticise him for not getting finishes and stuff but he got a finish in his last fight as well and it seems to be coming together for him you know I was on the WTS podcast there the other day and I think Queely is one of those guys that you can I don't know, maybe I, I might be wrong, but I just expect like a big jump forward from him at some stage and for it all kind of to come together. Uh, and if it was in this fight, it, it'd be huge. And obviously in the comment event on Sky Sports and everything like that. And, you know, for Miles Price, it's interesting because as you said there, he's been around for a long time. Maybe his game kind of is what it is. But going over to AK as well, maybe it changed him a little bit. So I, I think this is an interesting fight to see where these guys have kind of you know, come come along and where, where they are at this time in their career. And it's, it's a very interesting one. And maybe the... You know, there's a couple more good matchups as well on the car, but maybe the the one the Irish MMA fans are more interested in than anyone else. Uh, under that, then on the main card, Kiefer Crosby uh, against uh, Daniel Olinichek and Richie Smollett against Adam Gustav. Maybe because you know Richie or uh, Kiefer Crosby is probably maybe the, outside of James Gallagher, maybe the, the biggest prospect they have here coming up, young prospect for for Bellator. Do you think that's why he's on the the main card here on the big stage? Um, I think uh, Irish. Undefeated record, Irish mm-hmm. trains with Conor McGregor, all them things help. But yeah. his is he has a decent highlight reel already in Bellator as well. So I think I think it's, it's smart to put him on the main card. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has a he has a like his style is, to watch is, is his fights are usually pretty entertaining as well. So it's going to be on Sky Sports. You you your first time. You want to make you want to put the fights that have the most potential to be exciting on the on the main card. So I think that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. The Richie Small and Adam Gustav one. And the McGregor he... thing, like you know, yeah. they can talk about Conor McGregor for this fight, for the Smullen fight, for the Greeley fight, for the Ward fight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Know. Charlie Ward fight. I just got the updated card there from uh, from Bellator this morning. Charlie Ward's actually on the prelims now against Jamie Stevenson. Richie Small and Adam Gustav is going to open the the main card. Like I. I think, you know, Paul Redmond against Charlie Leary. Watching some Charlie Leary fights during the week, you know, we know what Paul Redmond is. That could be a fucking barn burner of a fight. That, that could be very good. I, I would have probably had that one. Maybe second fight, I, I would have had maybe Kiefer and Daniel Linichek first and then uh, the, the Reds are in Charlie Leary fight after that. But, you know, I don't know. Well, it probably does matter a lot actually here because the prelims are going to be on the app and uh, the rest of the card is going to be on, on Sky Sports. So I think, I think it is, for once, actually interesting uh, or uh, you know, a, bit, a little bit disappointed if you're not on that main card, but still, I, I think they're they're all good fights. You know, but if, but if you go out there and put yeah. put on a highlight reel finish or a really, the, you could get that fight be shown if, if one of these yeah. fights ends early. So 
Yeah. Yeah. Big big fight as well for Ryan Curtis coming back. He's four and one now against uh, Lewis Gonzalez, eight and four. Ryan Curtis yeah. is a guy who a lot of people talk about being a top top fighter, isn't he? And it's a lot of yeah. And you see the guy he lost to though, like the guy the guy he lost to in a close decision that he dropped the guy multiple times in. I think, I think, uh, I think he brought, he hurt both his hands in in that fight as well, Curtis. Mm-hmm. So uh, it was Daniel Barres and like. Okay, your man at the time was seven and four, and people were like, "Oh, this is." People were kind of disappointed, but now he's ten and four. He's beaten Andy Young by decision. Like Andy Young is a very tough guy, uh, Northern Irish fighter, trains at Norman Park and Rodney Moore and Philpott and all those lads. Um, so yeah, like you know, the guy he lost it was no joke, and it was it was a close decision, and he he had multiple chances to. to I think it was the first round that he had multiple chances to, to finish the fight, but just couldn't quite get it, get it done. So yeah, like. Losing for the first time in your career when you're a big prospect, sometimes you come back. I was talking about it with James Gallagher, like a lot of guys come back much better after that. Like, mm-hmm. so yeah, I, I, I think he's taken a lot of time off or not time off, but he's you know, he hasn't fought, he didn't jump straight back in there, like you know, oh, I need to revenge his loss straight away. So that was smart, mm-hmm. and he's probably improved his game. Like, you know, I think you know, Roddy's been working with him since he was a kid, so I'm sure the both of them have put a lot of work in into, into improving on what went wrong in, in that last fight, mm-hmm. 100%. Yeah, and Richard Coyley obviously talked to him during the week as well against uh, Mikhail Boucher. He can't believe a word he says. Or as he calls him, Mike, Mickey Butcher. <laughs> Richard Coyley calls him. A good interview up there anyway. So if you want to listen to him and he called the MVP Paul Daly fight as well. So you know, Richard Coyley is a guy who's very, very confident in, in the way he fights and he called it on that interview I did with him. He said he's going to knock him out with a head kick. Uh, so uh, we'll be watching out for that. So that should be be fun. Um, Will Flory as well. A big fight for Will Flory after he, his first professional loss in his last fight yeah. against Sean, Sean Taylor. So, you know, a big fight for him as well. Dylan Logan against Andrew Murphy. Um, Liam McCork coming back here as well. Sam Slater's the guy you always mention, isn't he? He's well, a big prospect. Yeah, I have- I haven't actually seen that much of him, but I just over the years a lot of the I've seen a few fights, but a lot of the guys in SPG have been talking about him. Like you know, people talk about people in gyms all the time, but kind of um, maybe go a bit over the top on some guys. But a lot of different fighters and guys from from SPG have been talking about Sam Slater and the potential he has, and it's 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 you know it's it's a chance now. Like you know, Paul Hughes is only one and zero, and a lot of people were talking about him because he was so impressive in his debut in uh, in Dublin yeah. for Obama. So you know, this is a bigger stage. If you go out there and look really good or a real quick finish, that could end up on Sky Sports News or Sky Sports broadcast if if another fight ends early, mm-hmm. and then everybody's talking about you. So there's a big there's a big opportunity for a lot of these guys, like including Sam Slater, even these guys who are very young in their in their careers to. To get interest behind them, one hundred percent. And Sean Sheehan will be there cage side as well. So to impress me, what bigger rub can you get? <laughs> what, what bigger rub can you get? Fair play to. Him. All right, um, a few more things. Sean here. might even stand up of his fat ass and clap. How dare you fat shame me? What, like what that? was the what was the tweet that uh, the fucking hilarious tweet that was like it was all fact and it was like basically a compliment. But oh, yeah. he was like, "You're not as fat as you used to be, you fat bogger." <laughs> or something. I, I, like, I thought it was very funny. <laughs> That was right. Yeah, you're like, he's like, no problem. <laughs> it was a compliment. Just, I, I don't know why it was, it was so funny, but yeah. for some reason, I don't know. Why. I know that you don't care. I know that you don't care. No, some guys are so angry. He's gone to this. Yeah. I just, I just spent the whole thing so funny. 
Yeah, I'm so, like so used to it. No one, like no. Because I used to be real fat as well. People say like, "Oh, you're fat going." It's like, yeah. You think I haven't heard that before, yeah, mate? Like, like, oh, yeah. really? Jesus, I, I hadn't seen a mirror in ten no years. No way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, Jesus, yeah. But I, I think Irish people as well. Like, we just don't give a fuck, really, do we? Yeah. Like, you slag <laughs> each other about whatever. Like, yeah. you slag, you slag people's mums and shit. Like, yeah. if you want, like, and if you if you're good enough friends with them. <laughs> you won't be slagging somebody's mom if you don't know them very well. Like. No, I wouldn't. Yeah, I always say like, if I don't slag the shit out of you, I probably don't like you or don't know you. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's Sometimes like American people will be in a group of Irish people and they're just like, you can see they're a bit like taken aback by you. You're just like, oh, they're just, people are slagging you, they're slagging everybody. It just means that they that they they're cool with you. Like yeah. they don't feel they have to be somebody else in front of you. Don't worry exactly. about it. Yeah, that's exactly. It. All right, couple more things. What about Artem signing for uh, BKB? Fair what do you think about that? Yeah, yeah. What was it? A six-figure contract? Did it say? Something or? like that. Yeah, and he's free to fight. MMA as well that's pretty big for him yeah it's huge for him especially the free to, to fight in MMA thing like so these bare knuckle fights are okay they don't have a show every month but he can go do one of these uh, bare knuckle fights and then come back and do a Bellator fight or KSW fight or whatever he wants yeah the one, the one kind of worrying thing that I was kind of talking about it as well to, to an unnamed person <laughs> is this is this going to be something that maybe fucking you and McKenna writes a story about a uh, Conor McGregor teammate in bare knuckle fight? You know, it could be one of them fucking things as well, could it? And that's yeah, fuck it, that could be, that could be you know shitty enough. And like th- this bare knuckle thing is still like, is it legal uh, over there? Like uh, I don't know, it must it, be. It is in a few different places, but like, how long can they keep handing out these big contracts like that and these fights actually going on? Like. Will these fights actually even happen? And I'm mean, I'm sure Artem will take the fights 100. percent And he's supposed to fight Jason Knight, which would be a good fight. But you know, I don't know if bare knuckles is that much more dangerous, or if it even is more dangerous. Like you can't throw your hands as hard, or you're just gonna break them on the forehead if you yeah. if you if you land. Just... I think it just looks worse, though. You know, and just yeah, like, it looks worse. Yeah. But like, it, is it worse? I don't know. Like it's it's gonna be like I've, like. Yeah, but to think nobody about, knows basically think of, like there's no study on this or anything like you know. Think about how but, hard it is to educate people on just MMA and like how. How we can keep that safe and stuff, and then you're talking about oh no, it's anime, it's bare knuckle stand up boxing, like it's just, oh, it's a tough one to explain, like you know, it's, a, it's like, yeah. and if those boys get their their claws into that, they'll absolutely be fucking loving it, like, and they'd, I'm telling you, they'd love to put that headline up, McGregor team met in bare knuckle fight, you know, and. Uh, that's the only thing I'm worried about. But, you know, fair play to Artem. He he said on this podcast before that he, you know, if he left the UFC, he could get big contracts and big money. And you know, he's a hundred percent right. He did that. So you know, fair play to him, hundred percent. And you know, we wish him well, obviously. And you know, I'm sure a lot of MMA uh, promotions will want to give Artem big fights as well. And you know, and or especially around Ireland and Europe and stuff like that. I'm sure there'll be a lot of suitors after him. So there you go on that. Yeah. Um, Cage Warriors one on one. Then before we move on to a few questions. Um, Ian Gary against James Sheehan this you know Ian Gary I, I spoke to him on the podcast last week he's a really a really good guy to, to talk to a really a guy who watching your watching his fights and I, I talked about him a couple of times before on this on this podcast that you know you, you'd be excited watching his fights and seeing him as an up and coming prospect only like a year and a half or something as, a, as a, an amateur and then, you know, you hear him talk and he's like, you get really excited. He'd be making you excited just talking to him. And he comes out and puts on that performance against... And James Sheehan put on a fantastic performance as well. I would have talked to him as well, except he didn't reply to my message. But anyway, uh, <laughs> you know, a good performance by him as well. And, you know, Graham Bynan said afterwards he wants to give both of them contracts. This to me, like I remember... Do you remember that Cage Warriors show years ago where um, uh, A.O. Daly fought Kiefer Crosby in an amateur fight? And I'm yeah. like, geez, this, this is the level of like... 
a professional fight. Like this could be on the the, the co-main event in this this card. This was a top top fight. Like this to me looked like a. This could be the main event of this card. Like this was a high high quality fight. You know, Ian Gary looked phenomenal. Knocked James Sheehan's down. James Sheehan down. Uh, no relation straight away in the fight. James Sheehan came back just non-stop against Gary and Gary's hands look really good you know very green obviously still you know you know maybe you know throwing a lot of shots maybe maybe too much and and going in with his his chin open a little bit as well and I'm sure those things will improve you know listening to his corner and stuff maybe he wants to do that a little bit more I'm sure Chris Fields will be getting that into him but this is his first pro fight as I said you know barely fighting over a year in amateur this guy looks really good James Sheen looks really good as well but fantastic win for Gary wasn't it yeah, it was, and he was he was dominating early, as you said. But then when he did get clipped a little bit in the in the third round, he he got a takedown and kind of secured the the fight on top as well. So he seems to be obviously you were saying he's only been he's only been in the game a little little bit of time, and he's gonna improve he's gonna improve more and more and more. But like you know, the the guys at SPG Swords and Chris Field are very excited about this guy. There's a lot of people talking talking about him, so. It's very early to to make predictions. Like you want to see these guys take big shots or be in uh, bad positions, or even see see how they react to pressure in 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 a bigger spot, or all all them things still yet to come. But yeah, he's I've kind of stopped getting excited about too excited anyway about prospects until they're kind of further into their career than than one fight. Yeah, because it's come back and bite you a lot of times <laughs> I, I can't i can't but just get excited about ian gary this this guy he i don't want to build him up too much because i don't want to give him a big head or anything or people going overboard on but he he just looks phenomenal he looks so so good and you know yeah. the way he, he talked you know he said that interview with me that he sees chris fields as like a, a second father to him and he's just like he you know he, he said he's so good with him and the improvements he's made in such a short time you know he was a judo black belt when he was young as well and boxed and stuff uh, you know, I came from GA background, so sporting background his whole life, and he just looks like he looks like the best prospect coming through there in Ireland. And you know, it's, it's going to yeah. be very and James Sheehan, like you know, he's very like, good. He, as okay, well. if you, if you look at his record, you're like, oh, pro record of uh, one and one going in, one and two now. But he fought extensively. He must have had like ten fights at a uh, at amateur, mm-hmm. including uh, you know uh, the the IMMAFs, so or the world Cha- the amateur world championship. So he. Like he's he's not just some guy who's only fought three times like or twice going into this fight. He's he's fought a lot of times and has more experience than Ian Gary and kind of been in more kind of pressure situations. I suppose like going over to the IMAFs or going to go over to England or to the UK to fight or whatever. So, um, yeah, it was a very impressive performance for Ian Gary and he did kind of overcome a little bit of adversity when he got clipped. Mm-hmm. Uh, he did. He wasn't like oh he's he's about to be finished here or anything. Well, maybe if he had to stay on the feet and. and a bit longer, maybe he got hit with another shot, and he was able to to level change pretty quickly, get the takedown, and secure the the round in the fight. So, showed a bit of intelligence there. But maybe if you did that when you're slightly stunned against some guy with very good jiu-jitsu, you might end up in a, in some kind of peril. But maybe not. Like we just have, these answers just have to be these questions just have to be answered with more fights against more good guys like James Sheehan yeah 100% I wouldn't be surprised if that fight happened again you know if they both hang around in, in the, the European cage where you're for a while because James Sheehan's a guy whom not many people will beat in the way Ian Gary beat him like I thought he you know he was really good as well and uh, you know two two very good <coughs> prospects coming through there as we've talked for an hour and 17 minutes now and my throat's given up uh, Tim Barnett beat Adam Vintry as well in the 
the main or the, the co-main there Vinci had a very very good first round but Tim Barnett came back and he's another guy you know who's a fucking hard fight for anyone a hard test you know we saw him fighting Reese McKee as well uh, twice so you know that was a, a good win for him and Adam Vinci will be back as well I think he's he's a good fighter as well maybe you know he'd trouble with the weight and stuff and he doesn't know what weight class he's going to be fighting and this was a catch weight I believe as well so you know, he's a guy, I think, if he could settle kind of into his career a little bit as well, he, he could be a, a very good fighter as well. But it's, you know, it's, it's a tough one, a tough loss, that one as well. And the main event then was obviously awful. Anderson Silva, leg break for <laughs> Sophie and Bukaju against Tom Aspinall. Just horrific after a minute and 22 seconds of this fight. Just really, really awful. But he did. Graham Bynum showed a picture of him in hospital and stuff the next day and said that he was he was doing well and stuff. So obviously best wishes to him and... You know, hopefully he'll be able to come out of that. Uh, you know, with with, uh, with his full health and be able to to come back fighting again. But it's that's all. That's the worst fucking way for a fight to end. Like it's really horrendous. And you know, it's it's bad for Aspinall as well. Just even to you know, he come out yeah. with a win, but it's fucking you don't. Nobody's want Nobody's talking about your win. They're talking yeah. about this. Yeah, you don't want the fight to end like that. Yeah, and you know, he's a big prospect. Peter wrote an article and stuff about him, and he's training with Tyson Fury and Darren Till and different things as well. So yeah. you know, it's and he put in like he put in like whatever an eight week camp. And then he probably wanted to show off his improvements and all that stuff as well. Like, and then like, he's obviously happy to win. He'd prefer, he'd prefer that than a draw or a loss. But it's it's definitely it, it, like a guy just comes out and breaks his leg is is probably not the most satisfactory win. Yeah, hundred percent. As I mentioned at the start of the podcast, that Cage Warriors main event broken broken leg. You know the the um the uh Haritanov Mitrion main event kicking the balls and was over daily against uh against MVP just a boring fight where nothing happened and in the main event in the UFC just kind of a punch and a bit of a broken knee and <laughs> fucked up stuff it was just a weird weekend for main events but these things happen in MMA if you haven't heard before right let's get on to some questions sign up patreon.com forward slash severe my podcast this is probably the week to sign up now we're gonna have Lots of stuff, and we have a um, a twenty dollars subscriber question coming up this week as well. So we we're going to be answering that. I'll have the Q and A. It'll probably be Wednesday this week, maybe because the podcast is out a little bit uh, later. So keep uh, keep your questions coming in there for that. Right, let's answer some questions here from Patreon, and then we'll answer a couple from Twitter, and then we leave you alone because we've been here for ages. Uh, Mark Atwell, uh, what did you think of MVP Daily fight opening round with Daily backing up against defense and circling away was not the strategy expected out of the game. Yeah, it was. The strategy in this one, I suppose we didn't get into it too much, but it was Daly's strategy. I didn't really expect Daly to be ultra-defensive and go for takedowns. I thought he'd be maybe ultra-defensive. I thought it was a good game plan, though. It was a good game plan, yeah, but it wasn't one I expected. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, usually he just comes out trying to strike, but he obviously had a lot of respect for MVP striking and... He, he he tried to stick to a game plan, or maybe maybe the game plan was to like just kind of frustrate a bit MVP and uh, maybe take the initial full spring out of all, all his shots and um, kind of drag the fight along because MVP never really gone five rounds and Paul Daly's got a lot of cage experience. Mm-hmm. So uh, Mark asked in like. Uh, yeah, about the takedown as well. Like, given that the, the ease with which MVP was taken down against Daly, how'd you rate his chances against uh, Douglas Lima? I definitely favour Douglas Lima. Uh, yeah, I favour... Or, I don't know, Jesus. Yeah, I probably do favour Douglas Lima, but I wouldn't be all that surprised if MVP reverses a takedown or two in that situation or goes for a submission and sweeps or, you know, things like that. Like, he, he's crafty on the ground. Like, I think... I think people think, guys, if your if your takedown defense isn't good, that means you're you're terrible on the ground as well. But that's not not necessarily true. It's fighting Paul Daly as well. Like, come on, 
I know, but even in the past when he's been taken down, he's like got quick submissions before. Like you know, mm. he knows what a heel hook is. Like you know, he's not he's not like clueless on the ground. Like people kind of assume if you get to, if you're one of these guys, you get taken down easy that you're that you're a terrible grappler and you have nothing from your back or you have no reversals or anything. Mm-hmm. I think he does have a few things like that in, in it in his locker. Like and if he can get on top of you and land land punches from ground and pound and, or get back to his feet and land a big strike where you're, you're stuck against a cage or something like that. Like, you know, he's always dangerous. Like, mm-hmm. as a guy that talented at striking can always knock you out. Yeah. A couple here from Don Stickney as well. Uh, rumours of a Habib versus GSP fight. Do you think the UFC would let GSP come back and fight for another title knowing that if he wins he'll probably vacate it? That, mm, I don't I don't think they'd care about that if GSP was willing to fight Habib and if that was a, a big fight that they wanted to make, I'm sure they would make it, but... How, how Would that do that well? I think it probably would. It's 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 interesting to see what Habib draws after this, like because you yeah. see, has McGregor made him a big star, or is he only going to be a big star when he's opposite McGregor? That's that's an interesting thing here. But yeah, GSP is a big star, so that, I think it'd probably draw a million at least. Anyway, I think it'd be a big fight for him. But I think they'll they'll look at making that McGregor fight before they can make that. And his next question is about McGregor, like. Do you think it's wise they're talking about it? I don't know if they're talking about it, but there's rumours going around that there's an interim title for McGregor versus Cowboy. Like, does that well, make if Habib, sense? If Habib is going to refuse to fight once his ban is up, mm-hmm. which he claims he is at the moment, yeah? Yeah. It is a kind of strange situation where, like, if Conor McGregor, for example, two years ago was refusing to fight because his mate, fucking Artem or Charlie Ward or whoever, Phil Muppet or... Queely was was banned for some kind of scuffle in, in a cage. People would be like, "This is ridiculous." Yeah, but it seems to be not not really much of that going on. Like yeah. people were people were very quick to want McGregor's title stripped at a featherweight as well. Like, and Aldo was kind of in a situation where it seems to depend on the, what people think of the fighter. They're either open arms that a guy that a guy still has the title and hasn't been defending it, or Sometimes they just don't care, and it's just—it's very inconsistent. I think if you're not—if you're not stripping the title for him jumping out the cage and starting that big melee, then you're not going to strip it for him taking an extra three months out. Like to be honest. Yeah, but if you put it all together, and like people be like, he did like for example, Connor did—he jumped out of the cage, started this melee, did all this stuff, and then he also refused to fight even after he was after his ban was lifted or expired. It is true. I think it'd be a different story, and like if it was. You know, if it was somebody people don't like, maybe Tywan Woodley or people call them to strip the title. But if it's somebody they do like, like a Dan Henderson or, you know, like or whatever, anybody that people like, it, mm-hmm. they let them away with things. Like, you know, Dan Henderson was on TRT for years and nobody cared. Like, yeah, Ronnie Couture, all that stuff. And, and Vitor's on it and yeah. people on are going mad. And the title thing, I actually think they've, like, changed up their strategy a lot in that. In that they won't strip lads now. They'll just let them have the title and then create an interim title so that if they ever decide to come back or whatever, they can just make that fight and it's a bigger fight then or even like Colby given interim title and then you say ah no you're not actually interim champion anymore and didn't make the other fight so they're yeah. just they're very willy nilly we know about like if you are making that interim belt to lie away and I think you probably should if he's going to stay out for the year you have to make it Dustin Poirier against Tony Ferguson or else you know if you want to put McGregor into it you have to make McGregor against Tony Ferguson or Poirier you know Ferguson would be the fight because like their biggest issue here is and you know why there's rumours of McGregor fighting for an interim title because that what it was a 2.4 million pay per view by well, of course they're going to want to make that fight again and if they don't give McGregor the next interim title fight they're going to the have rumours exclusively come from a tweet with Budweiser tagged in it by by Donald Cerrone about the yeah, interim. Yeah, I think it did, but like, 
But uh, like if people are yeah. just like, oh, that makes sense because that's the way Endeavor and UFC are working now. Yeah, but think about it. Like if if they do make Tony Ferguson against Dustin Poirier, right? And let's say Tony Ferguson wins, then you have to do Tony Ferguson versus Habib, and that's going to be in what November, December. Should he well, you don't have to do anything. You don't have to do anything. You do I whatever. It sells two and a half million pay per views. But I think they they probably will <laughs> try to do that. Like, and then you don't have the McGregor Habib fight for another fucking eighteen months. Do they want that? Like, will McGregor even be around in another eighteen months? Like, do you? That's 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 a thing. Like, I think they, they, I think all parties want surely want that. Like, Habib's camp, UFC, Connor, because it's a lot of money. Mm-hmm more than any other fight at the moment like and you like, may never have this opportunity again to make this amount of money what's the best way to get it in the best way to get it is mcgregor versus cowboy in an interim title fight if you look up or from their point just, of view like for the usc the safest thing to do is just rebook the have them say it and rebook it and just mm-hmm. just say them this is a precious egg i'm going to put it in a safe yeah. <laughs> nobody knows the code. <laughs> it actually would be the, the, the best way for them to do it but you know mcgregor's not a guy who likes to sit around is he you know yeah. is, is he going to sit around for another six months I don't know, he seems to be training pretty hard. You know, it's... Yeah, it's a difficult situation, but however... But for, um, I mean, from the UFC, though, if they were just... It, it, like, you were saying the easiest way to make it is the Cowboy interim title. Mm-hmm. The safest way to do it is to just not fight right, either yeah. of them and just yeah. make sure that this... Because you already have the story set. You have McGregor and the bus. You have Habib and the fucking double foot stomp and the fucking... Mm-hmm. The handbags afterwards and all that shit. Like, you have it all there. You like. do. I wonder, like, if they offered Habib, right... Your your you know your thing is going to be up on whatever the the first of May when you we're offering you a fight for the the sixth of May in Las Vegas International whatever the the date is do you think he'd take it against McGregor? Yeah, it depends on the money. I think mm. I think he knows this is his, like he must know this is his, this is his chance to make a shitload of money. Yeah, this is this. Like he probably made a lot the last one, but now he's in a stronger position. Mm-hmm. This is a three million buy fight. Like this is. This is a huge fight if they make that rematch. And I know a lot of people say, what are you talking about? Habib destroyed him in the first match, and he, he definitely did. But it's it, just because of what happened afterwards. Like, Habib kept that feud people, going. Like. People who like McGregor will be like, want him to redeem himself. And people who hate McGregor will be like, oh, this guy's going to smash him again. I can't yeah. wait to see him smash him again. Yeah. You know, the people will be ha- happy to watch it either way. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they will. But They're not going to be like, oh, it was a domination the first time. I'm not paying for that again. Yeah, people care so people much either way care, about yeah. Connor. It's a hundred percent. Yeah, this is a, and this is an interesting one that we keep going. All right, one or two here from um, uh, Twitter. Actually, uh, one from a couple from the phone. Oh eight seven three six four four six zero two. Feel free to send in your voice messages throughout the week and your your WhatsApp messages, text messages, whatever you want. There, I uh, one from Andy Stevenson. Is there a worse commentator in MMA than John McCarthy? I th- I think John McCarthy's. Great. <laughs> He's okay. definitely worse commentator. Than definitely, have you, yeah, have you watched? Have you been doing it? <laughs> a non like K. Uh, uh, cage or UFC, or one Bellator, of these... any of anything else that just yeah. horrendous. Uh, yeah, so there is. Um, so they had Fedor's biggest fan commentator one of his fights before. Yeah, that was, that was funny though. I loved him. No, great. stop the fight! Stop the fight! <laughs> and Fedor and got a draw. End, he, won, he won. He won. <laughs> I agree with the decision. It was a draw. Legend. Legend. Uh, was last night's from Farrell Conley. Was last night's Bellator card uh, a bad one to debut on Sky Sports? How will it compare to next week? It, yeah, it probably was if if. But it's a middle of the night card. I think it's a lot of people, you know, who are um, who are hardcore is going to be watching that that card, and I don't think it's going to be the, the casual audience for that one. But yeah, uh, next week, if you know James Gallagher goes out there and, and tunes up Stephen Graham, and if you know Miles Price and Peter Queeley put on a fantastic fight, and if Kiefer goes out there and gets a big win, and whoever else is on the card, you know, 
I think that could be huge for him. Like, you know, after the Premier League game, I know the Premier League game is on BT Sports, but still people are going to be flicking through, you know, going to 401 and, and seeing what's <laughs> on after it. And that, that could be huge for them. That could do a big number for them. So I think it's important for that, you know, to, to be uh, those fights to be to be good. A uh, couple, okay, from uh, as we come up on 90 minutes here. Andy Hall on Twitter. Uh, what does Nganu's win over Kane do for Stipe? Yeah, that's an interesting one as well because isn't, you know, DC last night kind of talking about the, the Francis fight here that that means steep where is steep like he's kind of stuck in the middle steep versus kane might make a bit of sense yeah now. i don't think the UFC here in a rush to get steep back to being champion and really, like, the heavyweight champion is kind of one they can push if he does have a kind of good personality or or uh, an out uh, 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 extrovert is it mm-hmm. Person, personality so so they won't be in a rush to get him back in there like like maybe they would if like maybe Cain Velasquez is not the best personality but they ha- they try to push the Mexican thing they see him as a little bit more valuable than just a run of the mill boring guy like uh, <laughs> Ocic. Mr. Podjas friend of the podcast I want Mr. Podge give him a follow is Kane just looking for fights now with the top up the pension that's an interesting <laughs> question like he could be Cardio Kane. Yeah. Um I don't think Cardio Kane will be back <laughs> it didn't look like it's interesting. It like, I, uh, I think it's one of those. It's one of those cases as well, isn't it? Where the next fight is kind of the big one. See how he, see how he gets on in the next fight. Yeah, exactly. He can get clipped as well. Like maybe, he, you know, he's been out for ages as well. Maybe the game's passing by, or maybe he's been improving, and maybe he's just a bit rusty because he's been out for so long. And uh, he's obviously fighting a guy with a lot of power as well. So he, maybe he was a, rightly wary of that at the start, but. He started really badly in a couple of fights. Uh, I think the second fight against JDS, he like diving at takedowns, diving at feet until he got the takedown, and then he dominated the fight. But you know, he he's never been like this flawless fighter. Yeah, like so, Daly says about that as well. Like, can can't even come back from this. You know, that 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 many injuries, not many layoffs. The body can only survive so much as well. And that that's a good point. You know, knows a lot about that. So he's had a lot of injuries throughout his his career as well. That's. That's a tough situation for Kane to be in as well. I think, and as I said, that next fight for Kane is, is going to be huge. But last question here from a few people: Ian O'Neill and and Harry Powell and loads of people have asked, "Have you ever seen a bigger decline in a fighter, an upper echelon fighter, as they say, than than Hendrick? He has to. Johnny Hendricks, I suppose, is the one that kind of comes to mind. Yeah, Johnny Hendricks. Mm, yeah, he's definitely up there. Um, Miguel Torres. Yeah, I don't was he ever. He was very good, but I don't think he was ever like. Dominant champion, yeah, like he wasn't. Bro, he wasn't like you know, uh, considered GSP. anywhere near pound in the pound, pound yeah. for pound or anything like uh, like Cannon Brow or, or winning titles like like uh, winning like UFC titles. Obviously, mm-hmm. Miguel Torres was a WBC champion, but it's kind of the same thing because he didn't have the weight class, but not really like. Like <laughs> it makes me appreciate how good Jose Aldo is as well. The fact that he can lose devastatingly three times and then come back and still win these good fights, like. God, I appreciate Jose Aldo so much. He's just a fucking fantastic fighter. There you go. That's for nothing anyway. All right. <laughs> this is the longest podcast we've had in fucking ages. Thanks, everybody, yeah. for listening. Thanks, everyone, for putting up with us. Uh, severemed.com forward slash points. Or else you can meet me in Dublin next Saturday and buy me a pint after the fights. <laughs> so that'll, that'll be fun. I'll be hanging around the place anyway. If you're there, come up and say hi. Uh, Graham won't be there because he's a useless fucker, but uh, you might see him around Dublin anyway. Uh, support support your local fighters. Support your local... Um, MMA website, severemed.com. Uh, Patreon, as I said, patreon.com forward slash severemed podcast. Graham, anything to say before we go? Happy birthday to you for next week. Thanks. Yeah, no, no, not much to, to say that hasn't already been said. 
You must have missed me last week if you, you stuck, snuck an extra half, half an hour in. Yeah, you're like fucking Jim Mariarty. Miss me? Miss me? Did you watch Sherlock? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, Sherlock's yeah he's a, Mariarty's a great character. That is. I actually re- I rewatched all of Game of Thrones and now I'm rewatching Sherlock. I'm almost finished with it. And I, I said Sherlock there a couple of weeks ago was better than Game of Thrones, but it's definitely not better than Game of Thrones. But it's still really, really good. A great show anyway. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening and we'll probably be actually you know it's monday this week it'll probably be monday next week as well because i'll be traveling down from dublin on sunday and then watching the liverpool man united match so i mightn't be till monday again but we'll see you we'll be back at some stage anyway next week thanks everybody everybody for listening and the last thing to say is the inspirational quote of the week the only time you should look back in life is to see how far you've come we'll see you next tuesday or monday or sunday or sunday